Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. My co-host is Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, what are we doing today? We're going to talk a little bit about group of five football. We never do that. The people's football. Yeah. Uh, more specifically, we're going to do a draft of G5 programs, five apiece, under a set of criteria that we let out ahead of time. Uh, Patrick, why don't you tell the good folks what our criteria are today? It's very generous of you to say that we set it out because you did set this criteria out. I'm just sort of along for the ride. I'm the pretty face here. I'd like to be a collaborative kind of person and, uh, (laughs) you know, everything except things that require collaboration. Yeah, okay. Um, So what we're doing here is... We're drafting programs for this upcoming season, right? It's it's the, This criteria is based on this upcoming season. So yes. you get five points for a regular season what, win. What's the, what's the uh, other choice for that? Well, we done it based on last season and then you just... No, no, like going... <laughs> I was thinking like five years down yeah, the road. Okay. Yeah, that would be, I guess, the other one. That'd be kind of a fun way to do it. It's yeah. just like a... Uh, Which team was better last year? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a dynasty draft, but for, yeah. uh, for G5 teams. No, we're doing it just for this year. Five points for a regular season win, 10 points for a bowl appearance, 15 points for a division championship or conference title game appearance, which I think is the same, right? I guess there's like the Sun Belt where they only well, have 10 teams. Exactly. There are some teams, some conferences that don't have divisions. Right? Yeah, so. I, I don't know if there are any at the G5 level off the top of my head, but it's still, it. you get the idea. Right. Um, 20 points for a bowl win, 25 points for a conference title, 30 points for a New Year's Six appearance, or 40 points for a New Year's Six bowl win. These don't stack, so a win is not 70. Um, 50 points for a playoff appearance, 75 points for a playoff win, which, again, I don't think they stack. Um, I don't think it's going to matter for any of these teams, but uh, 100 points for a national title appearance and 125 points for a national title win. If one of these teams wins the national title, it has essentially won us the draft. If Uh, one of these teams wins the national title, we are doing a shirts-off live video podcast uh, on uh, Flipping the Field. Yeah, we're going to do the first ever Flipping the Field live stream where we just call... Call out different members of the national media by name for 45 minutes. We just do the Howard Dean bit where we're calling Pete the Mel and we're calling Bruce Feldman and we're calling Stu Mandel. Woo! <laughs> by the end of the night, we're either going to be doing that or just doing various uh, Tim the Tool Man grunts. Just. <laughs> oh, so those are the cri- That's the criteria. We uh, we're going to just flip a coin to determine draft order. Um, snake. Snake draft as usual. So of course. first pick and then second and third to the same person and then fourth to the first pick owner. Um, I'll just flip a coin here. Ryan, go ahead and call it. I'm going to call heads. All right. I'm pressing the, the try again button here on the Google coin flip and it's heads. So you have Let's you have go. Cincinnati is on the board. That's right. <laughs> um, so to absolutely no surprise to anybody, uh, I am taking Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we all know why. I mean, I think we, everyone is pretty familiar with the idea that Cincinnati is the most talented team in the G5. Uh, they return, uh, they rank first in football outsiders returning talent index among G5 teams. That's called the OFI. Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond Ritter, of course, is the headliner back. Um, their quarterback. Who's who really good at the end of last really, season. Really, really good. Like, kind of out of nowhere became really good. And he had a really tough game against Georgia whenever James Hudson went down. Uh, And, of course, that Georgia pass rush was just relentless. They were, like, healthy for the first time all season. Um, That was not his best game or the team's best game, certainly. Um, But, you know, I I mean, look. they they, still should have won. They still should have won, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they're right there in that game at the end despite that. 
Um, Hudson is gone. They lost a couple of key pieces in defensive secondaries. This team does lose some talent. Yeah, they're they're in another metric. They're forty first in Bill Connolly's returning production okay, numbers, cool. which seventy seven percent is not bad. That's right, that's a pretty good portion all. of guys yeah. to return. Yeah, they're bringing back a lot. And, and I guess the one concern here, I, I think, with their the consensus number one pick, right? You would have taken them to yeah. number one. There's yeah. no doubt about this, really. The only thing that gives you pause that there are those games at Indiana and Notre Dame, which. I think this is the only team in the G5 that has a chance to make the playoff, but those games will likely make it impossible for them to make the playoff. Yeah. Right? I mean, unless like, they win. And if they win both, yeah. they have a chance, but I mean, just that's a tough ask, right? Yeah. I mean, to go at uh, Indiana and at Notre Dame. Yeah. Two probably top 15 teams, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's easier said than done. Certainly. Right. right. But I mean, this team very well could be 11 and one or 10 and two, uh, with the conference title and, and you go from there. So, I mean, it's, it's, and, and I think the AAC has been excellent most years, obviously. Um, we've talked previously in the podcast about UCF, uh, which I'm sure will come up later, maybe mm-hmm. in, this, in this draft. I would assume. Um, I'm a little bit down on Gus Malzahn as a coach. Um, Memphis has some questions with Kenny Gainwell gone, and I, we got to see who steps up there for them. Yeah. Um, there are some questions in the AAC that does kind of leave the conference yeah. a little more wide open than it has been in previous years, so I do feel pretty confident here at Cincinnati winning yeah. the contest. I'm not, yet, the I'm not yet sold. You mentioned Memphis. I'm not yet sold on Ryan Silverfield either. I liked, yeah. I liked the hire. I like offensive line coaches in general. I thought right. that, that was an offensive line-driven program, but they weren't very good last year. They were just okay. Yeah. And, I mean, again, Gainwell didn't play, so that... Yeah, is a good reason for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could certainly, and they. It seems like running backs kind of grow on trees there, so it wouldn't right. be impossible to find a new one. But um, it is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's concerning what happened in year one there. How they took a pretty serious step back without really the kind of production loss that would merit a step back usually. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested. It in. does, it does give you some pause, like you said, and um, but then that's top tier. Con- we did talk about it off mic, but uh, there are some. There's some thinking out there among the talking heads, by which I mean us, mm-hmm. that uh, the Sun Belt may be the better conference this year. Yeah. Um, which has been a, I mean, God, I remember, you know, back in my day, the Sun Belt used to be like the consensus worst G5 Even conference. Even in like 2016, 2017, people were talking about, of the two, that the CUSA was going to eat the Sun Belt, right? Because the CUSA was, it had a growing North Texas program. Right. Middle Tennessee State was always good under um, Stockstill. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisiana Tech was going 9-3 and three every year. You had these these, I mean Frank Wilson at UTSA was recruiting like crazy and it just never turned into anything. But like yeah. 2016, 2017, the CUSO was the rising conference ascendant. Yeah, and then it's it has it has completely flatlined. Right. There's nothing going on there right now outside of like Charlotte and Marshall, which, and Marshall, which is always going to be good. Right. Um, but it, it really the Sun Belt has sort of taken up that mantle. I, I fear that it's it's going to suffer a similar fate because it only takes one bad coaching cycle to fall right back down. Definitely. Um, I mean, look at the MAC in the 2010s, the early 2010s, to where it is now. I mean. That was the conference for a really long time at the G5 level. That yeah. was, you know, Thursday night you put on the Mac. And Matt Campbell, where have you gone, brother? Yeah, and and now it is, <laughs> it is less good, I would say. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm curious about that, but I do definitely think that the AAC is is probably in for a little bit of a step back this season, which mm-hmm. is only going to benefit Cincinnati. Sure. Yeah. Um, You're up. You have two picks on the board. Yeah. So I am. Uh, man, it, I I I have a couple ways that I could go with this because. I think that, like you, like you said, the value of that returning production at the G five levels maybe being overstated in some places relative mm-hmm. to 
schedule, right? I, I think that, you know, Cincinnati isn't a great example because Cincinnati's a really good team, right? And then some of these other G5 teams are very dependent on returning production to be anything. We should say, I might have said this off mic. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, okay, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. So just, just to reiterate the point, um, basically what I was talking about is there's all kinds of different metrics out there. We mentioned two of them with Bill Connolly's returning production and yeah. Football Outsiders OFI. Um, and there's also like a really good writers like Chris Vanini for The Athletic does a pretty good job, I think, with the G5 programs and um, just you see a lot of preseason rankings among G5 teams, and a lot of them are just looking purely at talent. Well, you know, Memphis is the third most talented G5 team, so therefore it's guaranteed to be a top five G5 program. And I get the impulse because talent does make a huge difference at the G5 level. But like Patrick said, a lot of these don't take schedules into consideration yeah. at all. You got to win the games that are in front of you right. still. Yeah. You, you can be the most talented G5 team and still be an underdog against five or six teams yeah. to play this year. App State was like seven and three last year. It was a really talented team. Yeah. They, it's they hard. Had to, they yeah. had to play good teams. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's difficult to do. Yeah, your margin for error is very small. I, anyway, play, I, I cut yeah, you off a little I bit think there. they played Marshall, which is insane. Like They should do that every year, but also that's an insane thing to do. Uh, App State does host Marshall this year. Yeah, I think yeah. they played last year, too. Yeah. It was it was a pretty good game. Um, my pick here at number two, I, I, after just railing against picking exclusively on production, um, do you know the percentage that Louisiana returns? Oh, it's really high. Yeah. 96%. Yeah, they were high it, on my board as well. It is easily the highest in college football on that, that Bill Connolly list. Um, quarterback Levi Lewis is coming back for another season. Pretty much everybody else is. Yeah. Um, this was a team that was really, really good last year. 10-1, and one, only loss was to a really good Coastal Carolina team. Um, it's, you know... It's Billy Napier. I think that Billy Napier is going to be a natural appeal pretty much regardless. Um, right. And like I said, pretty much everybody is back. It was a really good defense. It was a really good offense. And they're all back. I, yeah, I, I just, mean, Napier is the real deal, man. Yeah. Like, when you have this he, much talent coming back and the talent advantage he already had combined with his coaching ability, like, like this is going to be, I think, a, like I would be surprised this team did not finish in the top 25. Yeah. Like, nine wins gets to the top 25 with this this team and this yeah. schedule. Yeah. He has built a... He, it, it's it's impressive. You don't usually see this at the G5 level, especially not historically in the Sun Belt. He has built a sustainable program. There. Right. He, he has built a, a program that year after year is bringing in good talent and then developing it. Um, and it's not... It's not fluky, right? This is not, um, what's his name? Lane Kiffin. This is not Lane Kiffin at FAU showing right. up in year one and taking 500 P5 transfers. Like, this is, Billy Napier's developing this team. He has he has recruited this entire roster, and they're really, really good. And especially with, like, Willie Fritz kind of not, kind of dominating Tulane right now, I think it sounds kind of they've taken a step back at that program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the opportunity is there for you to be the Cincinnati of the Sun Belt. Yeah, right? is, you are the second most talented team in. A, er, I'm sorry, you're the best G5 team in a state that only has one P5 program. Yeah, which gives you a huge opportunity to kind of collect a lot of talent, and you're in a very talented region. It just gives you, I mean, a, a, like you said, a chance to build a sustainable, talented program that has a talent edge every year. Yeah, for sure, and I, I think that. It's especially impressive. It, it's a it's a credit to Napier that he's doing this in you know Louisiana. Like you said, you had the benefit of of only one P five program, but Louisiana Tech is there. Um, mm-hmm. ULM is there. Tulane is there. ULM right. is a isn't a real program at this point. It's a money laundering scheme. But goddamn, well, I think it's really cool. We can talk about Terry Bowden every podcast episode we make. Yeah, we we don't ever actually need to not talk about Terry Bowden. <laughs> Welcome back to Terry Bowden show. Um, <laughs> TBS. It's- yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but um, I think that 
The I, TBS gives me IBS. That's mm, my thing. There you go. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that it's it's really it's really hard to do that, and he's done yeah. a really really good job of locking down talent within his his own state. And I think that it's it's both going to to result in a much better Louisiana program in the long run, and I think it's probably going to get Bailey Napier one of the five best jobs in the country. Yes, I, with. I agree with you. I think he is due for a head coaching job probably this offseason. He's going to get somewhere big. Maybe he makes one more. I mean, he can at this point, he is waiting until he gets I, the right job. I think that's exactly what he's doing. I think that he could have very easily taken South Carolina or Tennessee or, Tennessee or Auburn right. and said, no, I'm waiting for Bama, LSU, yeah. Texas, or A&M. Probably. Clemson. You Clemson, know, I'm yeah. waiting for one of the big ones. Right. Florida. Florida State. Right? No. It's, I, I think that the, I think he's waiting for one of the big Southern jobs. No, we're on the same page as far as Louisiana's program. Billy Napier's a coach. Yeah. Would you like to talk about their schedule in 2021? Sure. So they open the season at Texas, <laughs> which not is great. not great. <laughs> I do think that if there's a time to get a Sarkeesian-run Texas program, it's probably the first game. Right. They're going to have a new quarterback. Um, the defense is not going to be clicking quite yet, I don't think. Right. Um, I'm pretty confident if you're going to beat Texas, it'll be in game one of the Sarkeesian era. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his strategy is going to be to run B. John Robinson yeah. just, you know, Which, all day, right? I don't know if that's going to work super well against mm-hmm. Louisiana. This is a really good front seven, and Billy Napier is really, really good at stopping the run. Can you can you just imagine how fun the meltdown is going to be if and when Texas loses this game? I almost, like, just the immediate Longhorn fan base mm-hmm. freakouts. Like, oh, they're going to lose their minds. I almost feel like they wouldn't. They shouldn't, right? Because I think oh, Louisiana, Louisiana is the better team. Yeah, I think Louisiana is better than Texas right now. Like I think Louisiana should enter the season as a ranked team, and Texas shouldn't. I don't. I don't really know if that's a hot take. Like Texas, obviously, seems right to me. Yeah, Texas obviously should be better than Louisiana. If I we're mean, Texas speaking. might be a fringe top twenty-five team. I don't really yeah. care about that effect, but Louisiana's firmly. Yeah, Louisiana is good. Like yeah. Louisiana <laughs> is a serious New Year's Six contender. Probably one of the best in the in the G. Louisiana could win the Pac-12 this year. Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Oregon's going to be pretty good, but Oregon is also starting Anthony Brown at quarterback, right. which is not great. Um, no. USC's coached by Clay Helton. Yeah, maybe Herm. I I, I kind of like Arizona State this year. We're, okay, we're getting, we we're, too. Yeah, 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 we'll have to talk about that some yeah, other time. That's, but that's a hot take for another episode. After Texas, they get Nichols State and Ohio at home. I think both of those are wins. Ohio mm-hmm. should be fine this year. They're fine every year. Um, at Georgia Southern, at Southern Alabama in the next two games, uh, I think Georgia Southern is going to be better this year, but better is like eight and four, and, right. and that's not... I don't think the eight includes a win over a really good Louisiana team. Yeah. South Alabama is going to be good, just not this Maybe. year. Yeah. Just not this year. Yeah. They they will be good under Kane Womack, but in like 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, they get App State at home, which is a good place to get App State. I would not want to go to Boone to play App State. Sure. Um, at Arkansas State. No which, worries there. Yeah, probably not going to be much this season. Right. Um, I believe Lane Hatcher, the quarterback, is back. I think Logan Bonner left with... Um, Anderson for for Utah State, but I think Lane Hatcher is back. Arkansas State doesn't have much outside of the passing game, though. The defense isn't very good. The running game isn't good. Yeah, and they hired uh, a defensive coordinator out of the Narduzzi Trestle yeah. uh, D'Antonio tree, which is... It, it takes a while. Yeah, <laughs> It can you, work, but it takes a and while. And when you have a talent deficit, it's usually not yeah. uh, what um, you do. Texas State at home 
I like Texas State. I don't like them enough to think that this is going to be anything. Right. Um, Georgia State at home, that program is nothing right now. Right. Um, at Troy, speaking of programs that are nothing right now, at Liberty, which is... That is a tough game. Interesting. I think Liberty is probably going to come up again in this draft. Yeah. Um, and then they close out the season at home against Louisiana Monroe. So they avoid Coastal Carolina, which they I do. think is a big deal. <laughs> I think that right. that's a big deal for that, you know winning your division, competing in the conference championship. I mean, look, I think on the net, they do have a chance to go 11-1 or 10-2, and two, the same way Cincinnati does. Yeah, um, I think it's going to hinge on, you know, Liberty and App State and Texas. Those are the right. three really losable games on this schedule. You have to win one of those. Yeah, I think, I, I think if, you get, if you get two, then I'm feeling really good about this pick. For sure. Um, and I'm pretty confident that they can get two, especially with getting App State at home. Um, I, I think that I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they were going to beat App State, right? So then you just have to get one of at it Texas or way. at Liberty. Yeah, Liberty's probably going to be cooking by the time November twenty. That offense is going to be humming. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like uh, Willis will be good to go. Yeah, I believe he's coming back. Right, he was yeah. in the transfer portal for about five seconds. But. Yeah, I mean there there was like some insane rumors. I think started on the Ohio State beat yeah. that he was going to come <laughs> replace Justin Fields or whatever. I don't know, just ridiculous. But, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe wait, over Ryan Day's dead body. Yeah, I mean God. <laughs> Let him. Let's let everyone just have fun and do their own thing in football instead of just doing these horrific Frankenstein nightmares that everyone seems to want. Uh, yeah, Malik Willis is back at Liberty and he's going to be putting up a lot of yards. He's a freak. All right. Um, so yeah, I think Louisiana is my my pick at number it's a good two. Pick. It's a good pick. Um, Who's your second pick? One second. Let me update my spreadsheet so that oh, I wow. don't accidentally. Oh, we got a spreadsheet. My this. I think he's an accountant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man. So I'm torn here again. I'm. I'm. I'm conflicted between a couple of teams. I think instead of going with a high-risk, high-reward pick, I'm going to take the easy money. I'm going to go with Boise State mm. at my, my third pick. Um, I don't have any specific reason for it other than just it's Boise State. They're probably going to win the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, they're going to win eight or nine games every year at Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, and I like Andy Avalos a lot. I, I think that he is just as good as Brian Harson, if not better. Sure. I'm not a huge Brian Harson guy. How would you feel if his name was Randy Ravalos instead? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about, that's for sure. Um, Boise State doesn't return a ton of talent, especially on get, especially on defense. They're they, yeah. in a kind of a rough place, but mm-hmm. Andy Ravalos is a really good defensive coordinator, yeah. and he's he's really good at sort of piecing teams together into uh you know into one solid unit. They they do bring back Hank Bachmeyer too, which who is I, li- have, I like yeah. a lot. Yeah. But he's, he's gotta stay healthy, man. I mean yeah. it just has, I mean I loved him in high school too and yeah. it just hasn't happened yet for him. Hasn't it hasn't quite clicked either when he was healthy. It, he wasn't he didn't really take that step forward. I don't know if Jack Sears is back. He was okay last it, year. It's really hard to develop when you're not healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he looked good as a freshman, as a true freshman. I thought he had some really bright moments and then Yeah. I mean, like when you just keep getting banged up like that, it seems like it's just difficult to, to put anything together and, yeah. the, and grow. But I mean, he wants to push the pace on offense, right? That's my understanding. That guy he hired is a is a high pace, high tempo kind of guy. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the OSC's name, but you know, we can look that up. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah um, I'm. I'm currently. If you want to try and get that OC's name, I'm currently looking into. Do you remember George Holani? The four star uh, yeah, running yeah, back. Yeah. I believe he's still at Boise State. He didn't play. Oh, man. He didn't was play definitely a ton last season. in my uh, dynasty rankings for running backs. I may take in the future. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's he's really good. He didn't get to play much last year. I think he was injured. Um, mm. Tim Tim Plow is this guy's name, right? Or, or Plow. Tim Plow ahead, more like on offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> 
pretty good. He was at UC Davis. Uh, yeah, really good. Thanks, man. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's a lot of talent there, especially if George Holani is back, which I believe he is. Pair right, him that's with, two four stars. Yeah, pair him with Bachmeyer. That's about as good as you're going to get at the G5 level, yeah. especially in the Mountain West. It's not right. a not a super talented conference. Um, Tough schedule here, though. Yeah, it's not a it's not a great schedule. It's um it it, it could certainly be friendlier. I think mm-hmm. it, it's. Uh, I, I believe they go on the road at UCF and BYU out of conference. Yeah, which I wouldn't recommend. Right, that's not smart. Is what <laughs> BYU, if you're gonna draw BYU, this is a good year to do it because sure. BYU has no starters back essentially. I, I guess this isn't really not pertinent. To, I guess our draft, but from a macro level of G five programs, like you have to schedule P five schools to get respect, right? To go to yeah. the NY six bowls. However, like it seems like what they're trying to do here is schedule the other best G5 programs, which mm-hmm. is interesting because they are going to be quality wins. Yeah. But like a win over UCF and BYU is not even viewed at the same level as beating like NC State. Look even at, those are better teams every year. Yeah. Like it doesn't get the same prestige for you. you look, don't get this, look at yeah. how people talked about Boise State. Coastal Carolina last season. I think that that's a good example because obviously BYU our, Coastal, right? BYU, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. BYU Coastal. Obviously, our corner of the college football world loved that game, yeah, right? It was it was great. It was a really fun game to watch. It was a really cool thing where they just on the fly are like, yeah, this you know we can do this, we can make this work, right? And they do, and it's awesome. It's really cool to see two really good teams play each other, and you don't get to see that a ton. Um, but I remember. I wrote a, a newsletter about that game after it happened that was sparked by, I was listening to a different college football podcast that won't be named, where hmm. they, it, it, I think it has since been uh, postponed, the co- the podcast, if that helps people at all, but they were talking about this game, and they, uh, and, and they said, I, I believe they're, I don't know the exact words, but they said, I think that this proves that BYU isn't a playoff team. That was their takeaway. It's like this. That's, the, that's the only thing that this proves. And it's like, Dude, what about sucks. Coastal Carolina, the team that won the game? Are they? So it's like there's no winning in Can that. Can you kind imagine of, being that joyless and annoying? It to sucks. Watch football with? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, how do you have fun in your life? I don't know, man. You watch Alabama, and you're just like, this is the best. Yeah. I mean, God, that's such a bummer to say. Like, yeah. Like, what about Coastal Carolina that just won that game? Why? Why does it have to be about how BYU is out now? Like, what, what do you mean? It was a five-point game. They, people, they came up literally a yard short. These people are vampires and ghouls who just want to suck the joy out of football and turn it into spreadsheets. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't like these people. Really bad. Um, but uh, I, I just, I'm, I fear that you're going to get the same thing by going to UCF to open the season, right? I, mm. I guess that... Uh, you know, at least UCF is one of the more developed G5 programs. Coastal Carolina was very new to the scene last right. season. I think it's going to get to a place where it's developed, but it's not quite there yet. Um, then they have UTEP at home, which is not going to be a whole lot of trouble. Um, UTEP is not going to be very no, good this season. Suck, I like yeah. the quarterback. I don't like much else there. Um, and then they have Oklahoma State at home. That's not great. No, I think if you're going to play a Big 12 team, that's a pretty good one to play. I don't think I Oklahoma think gonna State's be... going to be very good this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat. I, I think it's kind of a 7-5 and five year for Oklahoma State, which feels like it's just the Spencer Sanders era is 7-5. Right. and five. But it's just raising your degree of difficulty again. Yeah, and then at Utah State, probably not. I think he's just taking a step this back. Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
it'd be kind of hard for them to take a step back. <laughs> Fair enough. They're going to suck. Is what yeah, I'm not going to be good. Um, yeah. Nevada at home, who I do think takes a step back this year. Nevada is, is probably not going to be quite what it was last they're year. They're a low floor, high ceiling here to me. I think they have a lot of volatility there. Yeah, and they, it's, uh, it, they're very dependent on being able to throw the ball 60 yards down the field. Right, and which that's, is inherently a volatile. It's, yeah, it's hard yeah. to depend upon. Yeah. Um, at BYU, like we said, BYU doesn't return any players, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a little tricky for Kalani Sataki, Kalani Sataki to take on Boise State by himself, but right. I think he can do it. Yeah, he's big enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they host Air Force. Uh, they go to Colorado State, which is going to be terrible. Um, they go to... Well, I mean, Steve Adazio, is he going to make it three years there? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I don't think he is. I think Colorado State's going to very quickly realize that it was bamboozled by Urban Meyer. <laughs> well, here's a question. Who will last longer, Steve Adazio, Colorado State, or Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? Probably Urban, because I don't think he's going to last fewer than three years, and there's no way that Adazio makes it into year four, right? Oh, I would say no. I'd say there's no chance. But then again, man, they could be broke. I don't know what their deal is. They could be broke, and it also seems like Urban absolutely hates being in the NFL already, (laughs) which is fun. He's talking about how much he hates free agency. It's like, buddy, you signed up for the damn thing. Um, Then they they go to Fresno State, which is not great I wouldn't tricky game. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have to go to Fresno State right. I think they're going to be improved this year at least it's not Tedford era Fresno State yeah. but it's still tricky yeah I think they're going to get better um, then they host Wyoming and New Mexico before finishing the season at San Diego State tell you what that Wyoming game is tough yeah Wyoming brings back all 11 defensive starters hmm uh, I, I have not. I have not yet studied Wyoming extensively uh, I'm, I'm always going to be a little worried about his offenses because they've been so Mm. star so, dependent yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, and if they don't have a star then you're in trouble because I mean even when they had Josh Allen those offenses weren't very good uh, here's the thing is Craig Bulls I mean we'll, we'll, I, Wyoming may come up later in this list we'll see uh, but mm-hmm. if Craig Bull is ever going to do it at Wyoming it's going to be this year okay yeah I mean I, that's my, I mean just Nevada's down like we talked about the other teams in this, the West are not very good. Yeah, Boise State. It's just you for Boise State this year. That's, yeah, that's all you got. Pretty be. much. Um, New Mexico at home. I like what Danny Gonzalez is building there. I don't think this is going to be the year either. This mm-hmm. is a this is a three or four year building plan. And then, like I said, at San Diego State to close the year. Not the San Diego State of old, but still pretty good San Diego State. So uh, I think that it's another conference title year for Boise, and I like having that high floor on my uh, oh, for on sure. my lineup. So I think that's my my third pick. Cool. Um, well, it's back to me for two picks now, right? Yep. Um, so I'm going to start off with the team we just mentioned here, uh, Coastal Carolina. Um, they were high on my board. Uh, they lose C.J. Maribal, their star running back, but Grayson McCall is back. Yeah. I think that, off, that team is going to be basically the same exact team they were last year. Yeah, There's pretty much. Very they, little difference. They lose Teron Jackson off the defensive line as Correct, well, which yeah. is it, it, you don't want to lose that because he's a star defensive end, but right. that's about it. Yeah. Right. I think and, a lot of the senior linebackers are back. They were really good last year. And the other tough thing here is they do have two tough road games at Buffalo and at App State. Yeah. Um, but Man, that Buffalo game is going to be awesome. That's going to be so fun. Oh, I'm excited for it. Kevin Marks against uh, Grayson McCall. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be really exciting. That's, <laughs> that's going to be. That's there's going to be 600 combined yards of rushing that game yeah. easily. And 600 fans at the game, which is just yes. a. It's, including it, you and I. Yeah, yeah. Including <laughs> us, which is just a disgrace. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, look, Coastal is a really well-coached team. It's going to run the ball at a very high level. They have a mostly very winnable schedule. They have a couple tough games, but I mean, I think their floor is a nine-win season. Yeah. Um, I just think I'm, I'm getting almost a guaranteed nine wins. They're going to have a chance to play for the conference yeah. title. Um, I think they dodge Louisiana uh, in their home regular schedule, yeah. which is huge. Um, I mean, it's them versus App State to win the, to win their side of the conference, which yeah. is what it comes down to. And, yeah. and I, I mean, App State's good. They're certainly high on my list, but... 
Um, I like Coastal better this year. I mean, I just think Grace McCall has it, and I, I think that this team's going to go far. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I, uh, man, that uh, we we've talked so much before about the triple option already, and they're not running a direct like it's not the flex bone, right? right. But that offense it equates talent so easily, right? It it, yeah. it makes it so much easier for Coastal Carolina to do everything that it wants to do because yes. they are there's so much happening in the backfield on every play. Yeah. Um. Going forward here for another, uh, we're gonna shift conferences again here. I'm gonna take our first Kusa team off the board, okay, and grab Marshall, mm-hmm. okay, um, yeah. which I think makes sense. We you've heard us previously talk in this podcast uh, about Charles Huff, yeah, who is uh, on our guys we love list for hires. I believe I think he's my guy. I love. Hire. I think so. Yeah, we also love Grant Wells, the quarterback. We do love Grant Wells. Yeah. They do lose Brendan Knox, their star running back again, but they bring back 20 of their top 24 players in snap count. Uh, we think Huff is a stud as a coach. Yeah, I really like their staff altogether. Um, their their uh, schedule features does feature a game at App State, but beyond that is not super difficult. I mean, yeah. they are playing a lot of relatively easy competition. The Kusa is not very good this year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much Marshall and UAB, and then a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, an assortment of guys who could be good. Maybe Charlotte takes a step, but yeah, I think probably... Charlotte's taking a step back this year too. Mm. Which made me a little more. Yeah, I'm curious about that because they lose so many seniors, they they, lot, and it's yeah. like they're in the time where they should probably be doing a youth movement, and they're now doing it in year three of the Will Healy eras. Mm, starting yeah. to get a little bit, yeah, got to do it at some point, but you hate to kick it down the road this far. Right, so, yeah. but I mean, just bringing back pretty much everyone besides Knox uh, is just so huge for this program, it's a ton of experience, and, and I think uh, Huff is going to bring a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, he's worked under a lot of really good coaches, he knows how to program build, Um he worked under James Franklin. He worked under Nick Saban. He worked under uh, Dan Mullen. Yeah. I mean, just like the guys he has worked under are all winning at a very high level for the most part. Yeah. Um, I just have full confidence that Huff knows what he's doing. Um, I have full confidence the offense knows what they're doing. This defense brings back everybody. Um, in a weak conference with a team this talented, returning this much talent, it seems like a no-brainer pick for me. I was really happy they were still here for me. Yeah. I thought, I know you like Marshall a lot, so I was kind of worried you were going to snag him out from under me. Um. This is actually the number two team on my board, so I'm pretty happy to get them. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I do think you were going to take one of my other favorites here from me next, if I had to guess. But Yeah, probably. Uh, I will kick it back to you, and I, I assume you'll break my heart here momentarily. <laughs> Did you, you... You picked two, right? Yeah, you yes. got Coastal I have and Coastal Marshall. and Marshall to go to Cincinnati. Okay. So far, you have Louisiana and Boise State. Yeah. So, I... Um, man, it's... I think, I, I think I'm comfortable with the two picks that I'm going to have here. I think that it's, you know... Two two teams that I trust, two teams that I think are very talented. Um, I'm going to go first with I, I'm pretty confident the uh, the the upcoming MAC champion. I'm going to go with Kent State. Um, mm. Dustin Crum is back. Sean Lewis is really good at what he does. Do you know what my notes were on Kent State? Sure. Dustin Crum is back. Dustin Crum is back. <laughs> that was He's literally kind, my only kind of the big one that you need to know is that Dustin Crum is back. Yeah. Um, that's, they also returned a bunch of talent, I believe. Yeah, they are. Let me see. If I can find this, or at least they do in the OFI well, metrics. They they return fifty percent in Bill Connolly's, which is one hundred and twentieth. But it's not great, um, actually. No, it's, it's not ideal. It's actually but, towards the bottom. But Dustin Crum is back. Dustin Crum is back. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Dustin Crum is, this is another guy that Ohio State message board fans wanted to be the oh, Ohio State quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dustin Crum's a really talented quarterback uh, who plays uh, for Kent State. He has been throwing the ball around the field for yeah. years now. Yeah. He he's, rocks. He's really good. He he, yeah. Ass. Yeah. He's he's fun to watch, and that offense is. It's pretty much all RPOs. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty much exclusive. And I like Sean Lewis. Yeah, yeah I really do. He, yeah, like, he's just like uh, Pat. Do you ever play Dungeons and Dragons before? Um, once or twice. Yeah. Okay. 
You familiar with the guy? You remember what min maxing is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like there are people who play the game, right? I, I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, the part for me was fun was being able to like the storytelling elements, right? Like you yeah. know, role play and stuff like that. Uh, then you play with guys who are just like, okay, well, I've read the snap book, and if I do it this way, and my strength gets to this, and my charisma gets to this, I won't have the most possible dice roll point. And yeah. it's just like, Sean Lewis is min maxing his offense. So yeah. you just realize, like, I can that's run a, That's RPOs a really good way to, to put it. Yeah. And, the yeah, max, and no one will stop it. Kind of like what Eli Drinkwitz is doing. Yes. Lane Kiffin is getting into this. Um, it's hard to blame him. He's it's, just, yeah, yeah, it's been the it's Jeff, James Harden. Yeah, Jeff Lebby's been doing this. Yeah. Um, Josh Heupel at UCF, there mm-hmm. were plays where half of his offense wasn't doing anything because right. they're going to the one side of the field. And so the receivers on the backside are pretty much just standing there. So, mm-hmm. well, what am I going to do? <laughs> the ball's not going to me. I don't need to run around here. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not super fun to watch, but like you said, I can't blame them for doing it because you're going to win football games. You're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I can understand that. This is a high ceiling pick for you too. I mean, like Kent State's going to put, I mean, they can just beat the piss out of some teams really. Yeah. The other thing with Kent State that I like is that they're in the MAC. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. being a good team in the MAC, there are two of those this year, I think. Um, it's it's Kent, Kent State, Buffalo, and Toledo. Ball State, Ball and State. actually fourth got Toledo. I actually, yeah. I, uh, Ball State. Well, I mean, Ball I State has sixteen super seniors. Okay, yeah. I don't tr- I don't know how much I trust them. Just yeah, in general. Mike News an idiot. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Um, and then for my, I don't know what pick this is. My fourth pick. Um, yeah, it's your fourth, seventh overall. I don't know. That's right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. I'm going to... Uh, this is the impressions episode. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, we're really... Uh, let me be clear. We're really doing a lot of impressions this one. <laughs> Look, we're looking very strongly into our best impressions. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. no. <laughs> All right. My fourth pick, uh, it's a team that we talked about pretty extensively earlier it's liberty um i don't li- pick. i don't like liberty i don't much care you're for... a big jerry falwell guy right? yeah i'm a big jerry falwell head um you but... and his wife are pretty close friends mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I clean his pool sometimes um but uh liberty is sixth in returning production it, they were really good last season they returned 95 percent of their offense that's good this was one of the best offenses talking about min maxing your fucking offense sure. i mean hugh freeze rocks man i'm sorry he doesn't even he he barely Follows the rules of football. <laughs> <laughs> he is just a Petrino. He is Petrino. Like we yeah. lost Petrino, and we yeah. gained you Freeze. Yeah, yeah. He- heaven gained it gained another <laughs> angel when it lost Bobby Petrino, but then it sent one back down to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like honestly. A lot of people seem to dislike freeze which i don't i think he's very funny right what do you mean like i I think like dislike him as a guy yeah like they seem to dislike hugh freeze as a guy which i i can understand because he went to liberty which i wouldn't do personally but i think he's really funny i think that his character is really good (laughs) i think he's very funny too i would like to say one thing we do fully approve players being paid in this podcast yeah I don't know if I approve hiring hookers for underage football players. And yourself on your university phone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now if they were 18, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful relationship between a coach and his player. Yeah. But 17, I don't know. I don't know. I got, to me, some moral gray areas. Yeah, we're doing the uh, the, the Jonah Hill gif with the... the <laughs> Hugh, Kevin Spacey, yeah, freeze. Yeah, oh no. Oh, oh right. man, but... Liberty's going to be really good. Um, I think that Hugh Freeze is a tremendously funny college football heel. I think he's really good at it, um, which is, that's a oh, skill. Yeah, yeah, that's 
that's a talent, you know, to be a good heel. And the, uh, you know, the picture that everybody circulated where he's up in the, the bed in the press box <laughs> calling the game from his hospital oh bed. Um, I think he's really funny. I'm glad that he is coaching in college football. And he's also coaching for revenge this year, too. They do yeah. play at Ole Miss this They have season. a hilarious schedule. Really I'm going to go through they their schedule. They play at Syracuse, here. too, right? Yeah, so they he's s- going to get Dino Babers fired. Like, probably. Like week yeah. three or something? It's week four, I week think. Four? Yeah, so they start the season with, with uh, Campbell, which is a win. Go to Troy, which is a win. Um, we need to talk about Troy sometime. <laughs> we need to talk about Troy. We need to talk about Kevin. Uh, uh, yeah, Troy used to be really good, right? What, what, yeah, uh, I wonder maybe what... you know more of their downfall than I do. I don't know shit about their downfall. Uh, well, they you... were just good and they stopped being good. Yeah, it's 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 weird because you see when you have a good coach and then you lose him and you okay. hire a bad coach, sometimes mm-hmm. it <laughs> it impacts your program right, in a negative right. way. What is it? Is it, is it Chip Lindsay? Is that the head coach there? What is the guy? Yeah, I don't know dick about Troy. Shit. I think it. I think it might be. <laughs> you, have, you have found my weak spot in college football. Oh, Apparently, man. it's just Troy. I'm in hell over here trying to remember. Yeah, it's Chip Lindsey, which is an issue. That's not a guy mm-hmm. that you want to hire as your head coach. He's like a bad SEC offensive. What's his deal? What's his whole thing? Um, I think he was the OC at Auburn during the dark years under uh, Malzahn when Malzahn. He's the son of Detroit Red Wings center Ted Lindsey. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's the son of former presidential candidate John Lindsey. That's right. Um, but uh, he was—he's sort of a Bobo esque. Character, right? Just SEC, good old boy, offensive yeah. coordinator doesn't so really not good at his job. No, doesn't yeah. really run a very good offense. And Troy hired him for whatever reason. Um, I think he was going to be the offensive coordinator for Les Miles at LSU, That's really funny. and then Troy hired him. Um, really, the the two best jobs in America: Troy head coach <laughs> and Kansas offensive coordinator. But oh my God. he's just not very good. And they they went from having a good coach in Neil Brown to Chip Lindsey, and and they have. I mean, that will do it. Yeah, they have sort of lost all of the things that made them good, and now they have an offensive coordinator head coach who can't coach offenses. It's just, it's a it's a problem to, you know, <laughs> yeah, to have you, that. Usually you want your OC to be able to handle the offensive side yeah, of the ball. Yeah, and then, so moving on on the Liberty schedule, they get Old Dominion at home, which is not going to be much trouble. Old Dominion's bad this year, yeah. Really Old bad. Dominion's bad just in general, I think. Ricky yeah. Ronnie as a head coach. It's tough. In this economy. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, the one thing that does make me nervous about having just to backtrack a little bit here, having Charles Huff and Marshall as my one of my higher picks, is mm-hmm. that uh, every James Franklin assistant sucks shit everywhere else he goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that stops. Oh, was it? Isn't uh? Isn't Fleck a former Franklin guy? I think he is. Yeah, and he's just. I mean, he had that one really good year, but okay. I mean, do you yeah. feel good about that program right now? I don't feel terrible about it. I just don't think they're going anywhere. They're just going okay. to trend yeah. water. Is my seven opinion. and five. Yeah. Um, that's just, that's so just... then at Syracuse, which is when Dino will will be fired. Yeah, yes. fired, and he'll Maybe take executed. he'll take over as the offensive coordinator in a at a real school, yeah, and Jim he'll Beheim's be going to become the head coach yeah. of Syracuse oh, football. Man. They're going to run the two three zone on defense. Only five <laughs> defenders. That's all we need. And somehow offenses can't figure it out. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is Mellow here? How are they so good at this? <laughs> Buddy Bayheim has he has thirty six passes touchdowns to five interceptions somehow um then it's uh yeah he's gonna speaking of you know briefly he's gonna take over as the offensive coordinator in somewhere probably in the Dino? sec yeah. yeah and he's gonna be really good yeah he's gonna be really really do they still good. have that quarterback that had like 15 concussions you know who no, I'm talking about? no i do know who you're talking about no he was there for 10 years eric dungy yeah he yeah, was there no, forever he, he was gone last season and it hurt them quite a bit yeah um but uh the, I knew a girl in college right, mm-hmm. who's who also a, had 15 concussions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her little brother 
was a walk-on quarterback in Syracuse. I think did get in the game at one point in time. Oh, let's go. Uh, so shout out to Beth. Yeah, we have Her a tie. I don't remember her name. We have uh, a tie to the program. Salute to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up at UAB, I'm interested in UAB because that program is so good. Traditionally, it has been in the last you know six years or so after coming back to life. They're so good at running the ball, and even though I think they're losing Spencer Brown, who was the top running back, they're just always good at it. Um, so I, I think that that's a tough game, but it's not as tough as it usually is, I guess, if that makes sense. Do you think it's possible that Bear Bryant Jr. felt the heat from Nub Nelson and his leaked recording and, and Rush Probst and is going to choose to instead use his bag men to pay for UAB recruits, hmm. which I, will help with the transfer portal this yeah. offseason? Do you think it's possible that Bear Bryant Jr. sees Hugh Freeze on the sidelines at that game? He's like, I've got to have him. I have, to, need I, him. I have to have that young man. <laughs> That young man has to be the next head coach at Alabama. I think it's... Honestly, Hugh Freeze is the follow-up coach to Nick Saban would kick so would, much ass. So funny. He would win five national titles and then he would die. <laughs> we need to make this happen. We need to get the era of Paul oh, W. Bear Bryant Jr. Yeah, how do we get Hugh Freeze to Alabama? I mean, he would be great until they play a championship game in Miami and then he would no longer exist. <laughs> I mean, let's think. Okay, because first of all, the only way you do this is you have to make sure you have to convince Dabo to never take that job. Yeah. Which he shouldn't. Yeah. So that's our first step. We convince Dabo not to take it. So I think how we do this is we start with the New York Jets. Okay. So we go we go out to I'm the New listening. York Jets and we convince them. So part of this is that we need a reminder to win in Jacksonville. <laughs> Which is difficult. This is the best Rube Goldberg device <laughs> I've ever heard of. Urban Meyer goes 10-6 and six in both of his first two years in Jacksonville. Yes. We go up to the Jets. We say, right. don't you want a college coach? Don't you want Dabo Swinney? Oh, yes, you do. And they do. They hire Dabo Swinney. They pay him $19 million a year. Yes. So that's how we get rid of Dabo. We we send him to New York, where I'm sure he'll fit culturally. Mm-hmm. He'll love it up there. Yeah, everyone will be great. Uh, Wellspring Church will open a yeah, new branch yeah. in Manhattan. Yeah, big New York guy, that Dabo yeah. Swinney. Yeah, he uh, loves it. So famously. that's how we get rid of him so now hey yeah I'm paying players over hey. here <laughs> yeah, he's, he's upset about having to formally pay players yeah, he's, like, he's like hey they're infringing on my free speech over here I'm trying to pay a priest <laughs> That's New York uh, Davo. New right. York Davo is a really fun character. He's got like the pinstripe suit, suit on and everything. Yeah, just yeah. walking around. He's he's somehow mobbed up as soon as he arrives. Are you talking to me? <laughs> You telling me I'm recruiting defensive end and paying him four hundred thirty thousand dollars, and you're talking to me about that? Dabo's got like the slicked back hair, like a fifties mobster. That's like Dabo's a pinstripe suit. Yeah, Dabo. Uh, Dabo has paid the Cuomo family hundreds of thousands oh of dollars. Um, Dabo's uncle works in uh, in sanitation. Yeah, he's in waste, waste management. management. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Dabo getting in an argument with somebody who writes for like the New York Daily Post and just slamming a glass bottle into his face. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I really like the Dabo Tony Soprano sort of crossover that we're going to create here. I think that I that's can do this all day, I yeah. think that that's special. <laughs> okay, I think you go. Yeah, I think that's good okay, stuff. Okay, we hire the mob and yeah. Urban Meyer to win games. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we need to convince Urban Meyer to win games. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a hard first step. But uh-huh. After that, the mob is working with us to get Dabo to the Jets. Yeah. Then what do we do? So then we need to get Nick Saban out of there, right? Okay, so... How do we get Nick Saban out? How do we evacuate Nick Saban hmm. from Alabama? 
you have to involve FEMA somehow. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you need some kind of grand conspiracy. You have to like get him indicted on some kind of charges, mm-hmm. uh, money laundering. I've maybe. got it. I've got the answer. Okay, Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Oh no. Is oh, no. is he is uh he impeaches yeah, Nick yeah. Saban. No, we impeach Tommy Tuberville okay. from the Senate. Now Nick Saban can make a Senate run. Okay, why would he I don't know. Because uh- <laughs> <laughs> he wants to. Okay. He wants to one up Tommy Tuberville one last time. I'm rocking with this. Okay, yeah, you got he, me. he wants to take over in in the uh the Alabama Senate. And mm-hmm. so that's how we get him out. Okay. And the thing that inspires him to leave Alabama for the Senate is that Hugh Freeze has taken over as the head coach at Auburn, and he's cheating. But he's right. cheating in a way that is somehow permissible by the NCAA, and by it's not permissible by the NCAA, but it is by Alabama state law. Mm. Nick Saban wants to get into politics to take Hugh Freeze down at Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Weren't we trying to get Hugh Freeze to Alabama? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then when Saban leaves... Hugh Freeze jumps, and now Nick Saban is in hell because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to punish his own baby, right? Right. He built that program. He doesn't want to see it fail. He, if Hugh Freeze wants to, uh, you know, run a Ponzi scheme directly out of Tuscaloosa, he should be allowed to do that. That's his God-given right. Yeah, but if he's at Auburn, then Nick Saban would want to, you know, change the Alabama state laws to make it so that you can't buy Corvettes for four-star wide receivers. So Nick Saban, after realizing that Hugh Freeze replaces him. Resigns from the Senate. Yeah. Triggering and he a special take, election. And he takes over as the Auburn head coach. <laughs> We've done it, boys. We've cracked the case. Um, and meanwhile, Brian Harson has been sentenced to a coup. <laughs> Brian Harson has been cooed. <laughs> they have Brian Harson in a floating cage just off the shore, uh, sponsored by Exxon. Yeah. The Flipping the Field Mafia has has uh, we we have installed uh, Hugh Freeze as the head coach <laughs> at Auburn. He's being sworn in on the we Bible. We are the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we've, just, just a mob of gumps oh going to like God. the White House. Yes, yeah, that'd be crazy. Just if that a ever bunch. Happened. We've just got a bunch of guys wearing like Vineyard Vine shorts. Yeah, if that ever happened, that'd be so weird. Yeah, that would never happen. Yeah, I don't know what you mean by that. Um, anyway, the rest of Liberty's schedule is fairly easy. <laughs> okay, who else should they have on the schedule? Shit. Middle Tennessee at home, um, at ULM, at North Texas. Neither one is especially taxing. Um, UMass at home for some reason. Walt Bell. <laughs> they go to, I feel so bad for Walt Bell. Yeah, Walt Bell is, is in a bad place. Um, at Ole Miss, they host Louisiana, and then they host Army. Um, I think that that's not terrible. I think this is probably a 10-2 and two season for Liberty, um, yep. which is perfectly fine. They can't win a conference title because they're not in a conference, but sure. I, I think that they will still um, – they will get me a bowl win. I think that they will contend for a New Year's Six Bowl. They're not going to get there, I don't think, but mm-hmm. um, this is a this is another one of those high-floor picks. They're going to be good. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I believe I am back on the board Yep. with my two final picks. I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I have two conferences left, so I might as well just fill them out, yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm going to grab my number one MAC team, the Buffalo Bulls. Everyone knows I'm a Lance Leopold guy. Yeah. If you know me, you know I love Lance Leopold. Yeah. They bring back 16 starters. That includes quarterback Kyle Van Treese and a couple of standout defenders, uh, James Patterson, 
who is Jarrett Patterson's brother, and Taylor Riggins, who is Tim Riggins' brother. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you so far. All right. Uh, that was just a laugh line. I was just mm-hmm. thought I'd get a better, better result from that. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen the first season, so it doesn't quite hit me. Okay. Uh, uh, how about we do this? Uh, Buffalo Forever. Yeah. Anything there? No. Uh, no, okay. no. I got um, nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, garbage plates forever. <laughs> okay. This man is shooting over 12. Dwayne Washington numbers I'm gonna, I'm gonna, over there. Oh no, no. I'm going to move on. Um, Jared Patterson and Antonio Nunn, their star running back and receiver are gone. They do bring back Kelvin Marks. At Kevin back. Marks, yeah. It's Kelvin, I'm pretty sure. I think it's Kevin. Pretty sure it's Kelvin. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see here. I think it's Keenan and Kel Marks. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Kelvin Marks, dude. Is it? Mm. Let's see here. No, it's Kevin. It's a silent The famous reverse silent L where it is there but you don't see it. <laughs> I wrote about this man last year. Unbelievable. Um, I tweeted about him several times. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought his name was Kelvin. Oh my god. Well, nothing you can do with that. Wow. Um, well, many are saying that Ryan doesn't know his marks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Now that's a good one. Um... Anyway, Mark's going to run the ball about 350 times next season yeah. and to the tune of like 2,000 yards. Yeah. And he's going to put up J.K. Dobbins and that that offense. Yeah, he's good. He'll be good. Yeah. He's really good, yeah. yeah. Uh, they do have a little bit of a tough schedule. A few highlights here. Uh, they go to Nebraska. Um, they get Coastal at home. Well, that's just a tough non mm-hmm. game. Boy, Nebraska's going to have a bad time in that game. <laughs> Nebraska's going to get their ass kicked, aren't they? Boy, Nebraska. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Have you looked in the non-conference schedule that you're playing? Oklahoma and Buffalo? <laughs> Guys? <laughs> Can you pull Buffalo's full schedule for me, please? Do you mean Nebraska's? No, I want, want Buffalo's. Because okay, uh, yeah. I want to see what week of the season that is. Uh, I want to pull up Nebraska's too. Because yeah, please do both. Scott Frost, man. what are you... Dude, he's really going to get fired. Yeah, because he's not going to make a bowl. That's, gonna... two, that's two non-conference games that you're going to lose. Yeah, I yeah. mean... So it's Wagner at home. This is Buffalo. Wagner at home at Nebraska in week two. Mm. So September 11th for this one. So Scott Frost is going to lose on 9-11. Yeah. Too. Many are calling 9-11 Scott Frost day. Many are saying that. Yeah. Um, and then right. Coastal Carolina at, at home in week three. That's a tough non-concession for Buffalo, too. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's look at Nebraska. Let's just have some fun with this. Let's look at Nebraska. Okay. Program. Let's see here. I'm so excited for this. Okay. So first, start the season at Illinois. That's a win. Can we talk briefly about what Illinois is doing? Just just to... because uh, like I right now? No, because what I mentioned, I, I messaged you about this earlier in the week. Oh, you did, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a picture from a from a four-star defensive end in the 2022 class that was recently posted where it's a screenshot mm-hmm. of his, like, his phone notifications, right? right? And it's all texts from Illinois coaches. It's like seven different good luck texts before yeah. a basketball game Just from Illinois seven coaches. Just 50-year-old men in the same yes. room. Okay, we yes. pick 10 now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so the reason that I bring this up is because last episode we mentioned – the idea of hiring a staff of grinders at UMass. Mm-hmm. Brett Bielma is doing this at Illinois, and I yeah. think it's going to work really well because I think that that's a really good way to get yourself in with. I think he can build that program with, yeah. for sure, but I think they're going to lose this first game. Yeah, so winnable for first game for Nebraska. Then they have a bye week in week two. That's so stupid. <laughs> and then... Taking but, a bye week, just as, as a principal, taking a bye week early in the year is something you should never do. Unbelievable. Just it, it, insane thing to do. Um, Buffalo at home. 
in uh, week three, and mm. then at is that o- a loss. I think it's a loss. I think it's a loss, and then at Oklahoma in week four. So they're going to start out one and two. One and two. Then they go to Michigan State. So two and two. That's mm. probably when you think. Yeah, I don't. That's think. That's a toss-up game. Peyton Thorne is not getting the job done. I don't think at Michigan State. Fair enough. Um, I'll so give them two and two. Two and two. Northwestern at home. Two and three. Yeah. Um, Michigan at home. Two and four. Mm, probably yeah. Yeah. At Minnesota. Michigan's been really bad this year. Yeah, but Nebraska. Fair enough. Um, at Minnesota. Probably two and five. Probably two and five. They could win that game. That's winnable, yeah. but they probably will lose it. Bye week. Purdue at home, three and five. It's a win, yeah. Um, Ohio State at home, three and six. <laughs> probably not going to go great. Okay, going to win out here. <laughs> South <laughs> Southeastern Louisiana, who has a really good offense, but I don't think is going to get the job done there. No, so we'll go. On, yeah. We'll go four, four and six. six. At Wisconsin. <laughs> hmm. I don't think it'll go well. Probably not great. Four and seven. Iowa at home. That's a loss, too. Four and eight. They're going to go four and oh, eight this Scott. year. Oh, Scott. Hey, would have been nice if you had two winnable non-conference games. Damn, would it be crazy to go six and six? That'd be awesome. Dude, what is their ceiling? I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> what the so... fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand it's rough right now, but, like, your program is so bad, dude. Yeah. Like, you're not scheduling in any advantageous way. They try to get out of that Oklahoma game, right? You yeah, that story? Yeah, they, they tried to squeeze a lot of yeah, it, and yeah. they should have. Yeah, absolutely. You should have paid whatever it took to you, win you, game. Nebraska, you don't win enough to not have shame right now. Like, you, you, you have to have... You have to take a little bit of shame. You don't. You don't have pride right now. You should play three FCS schools in the non yeah. every year. Yeah, get to a bowl game. Yeah, that's your only. <laughs> get to a fucking bowl game. That's oh it. Oh my god! Three winnable non-conference games until further notice. What is Bill Moose doing? Good lord! Who's the Who's going to be the next Nebraska head coach? Who's the next Nebraska AD? Oh man, it's me. It's, it's me. Us? Yeah, it's us. We're doing it. Okay. Well, yeah. Who's our I hire? I better to do, I guess. <laughs> who's our Who's our hire? Who are we bringing in? Uh, at Nebraska. I mean, I guess uh, Lance Leopold. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's like the, it's Lance Leopold. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's Lance Leopold. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Like take over in a in an area deficient of talent in a yeah. conference that like as usually you've never you haven't won in a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's Lance Leopold. Yeah. I'm gonna say this with more vigor than I have ever said it for any program before. Nebraska should run the triple. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go back to Buffalo's schedule. Yes. I think we, I think we gotta yeah. get back to that. Okay, yeah. With Kelvin Marks. Yeah, Kelvin Marks, unbelievable. So then after that Coastal Carolina game, they're at Old Dominion. Um, that's a win. Yeah, they host. That's a that's a pretty manageable non-conference. I don't love playing Coastal Carolina, but I do love that they're playing that game. I just wouldn't schedule it if yeah. in Buffalo. Um, Doesn't make any sense, right? No, but two very winnable. Non-conference. I mean, I guess unless your thought is just like we, no matter what we do, we are not going to make the playoff. Yeah. We might as well at least have a, a game that draws uh, viewership yeah. and maybe attendance too. Yeah, we we I, I'm not going to shit on that game too much. I yeah. get it. Good for um, them. Yeah, good for both programs. I think I just it's like, risky. Like many people from upstate New York, they just want an excuse to go down to South Carolina and Myrtle Beach. This game's at home, my friend. Oh, well, there's probably a home at home. Probably, aspect, yeah. probably. So then, Western Michigan at home uh, when at Kent State. I think mm. you overestimated Kent State a little bit. I'll be honest with you. It's... I think they're gonna. I think their only challenge in the conference is Ball State. I don't. I don't know, man. I but think Toledo's. T- I think at Kent State is really tough. One of Kent State, Toledo, Ball State, or Buffalo is winning this conference. There's a clear top four teams in the, yeah. in the conference to me. And, yeah. Uh, I just think Lance Leibold's a better coach than anybody else in that list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ohio at home win. That's a win. They are um, pretty tricky though this year. Yeah, they're tricky. They every return year. a that, lot. That yeah. pistol option is always going to be weird. Yeah. Um, at Akron, they need to find a quarterback. Is the other thing. Um, at Akron, win. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bowling Green. At win, home, yeah. win. Do you know maybe we should go back to Bowling Green? 
Mm, yeah, Bowling Green, I think, would be very happy with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Relative to where it is right now, where it yeah. hired Scott fucking Leffler. <laughs> he sucks to coach so in the 2020s. Yeah, think, Good again, lord! Still follows me on Twitter just by me making fun of him openly several Damn. times. Damn, yeah, that's tough for Scott. I think they lost Brian Van Gorder, so improvement by uh, by subtraction there, I guess. Um, Addition by subtraction is that phrase? Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Teach his own. Uh, bye week. Then at Miami on a Tuesday night, which is fun. Um, I don't think Miami's going to be very good, but Chuck Martin is still there somehow, and he goes eight and four every year somehow. I don't know well, who am I to have. About yeah, that. yeah. Listen, who am I to have a thought about Chuck Martin? <laughs> I would be the first person to I'm ever Chuck Martin's wife. Yeah, maybe that's about yeah. it. Um, Northern, I'm, I'm not going to pretend. I think it's Northern Illinois, but NIU at home. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to be very good. They're sort of in a rebuilding process right now. Mm-hmm. And then at Ball State to close the season, which I think that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, that should be fun. I'm excited to watch that one. That's that, going to be on our highlight. We should. That's uh, a Tuesday game. I'm amped up. Oh, man. We could do like a fucking live stream for that thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, that'd be, I mean, that'd I'm be sure fun. I'll be free on Tuesday and uh, November. It's yeah. A, yeah. I mean, so what, what else could be happening? Yeah, that? yeah. you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, then the MAC championship on Saturday. You know what I used to do in Tuesday? When, back in back in my heyday when mm-hmm. I was in college, Patrick? Three years ago, yeah. Uh, like six years ago. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> um, uh, five, whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> One of those. Four, two, maybe. Uh, Who's to say? <laughs> uh, Tuesday in November, the Tuesday before the Michigan game was always the Mirror Lake jump night. So we would okay. always, uh, yeah. me and my friends would get pissed drunk and, uh, you know, jump into a freezing lake. Yeah. Until they made it illegal because a guy died doing it. Yeah, that. freezing two, two inch deep lake. Which was admittedly a weird choice that you guys made. Oh, uh, come on. It rock. Come on. Yeah. You ever jump in a cold lake while you're drunk? No. You should try it sometime. I have a, uh, yeah. With supervision. Okay. Yeah. I think that maybe that was... Hold on. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to clarify here. The Flip on the Field podcast does not endorse me drunk. <laughs> does not endorse drinking. <laughs> we do not endorse doing dangerous activities while you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah, or uh, drinking at all. This uh, is actually an anti-drinking podcast. Right. Side effects may include... <laughs> yeah, side effects may include sitting in the drive-thru at the McDonald's with your foot on the brake and the car still in drive. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Alleged parody. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't know, man. I've seen the video. It's not alleged anymore. I've uh, seen it. Uh, for, <laughs> is anyone still listening to this podcast we're just yucking it up today uh, we're talking about Marcus Hooker if you have not seen that video oh, allegedly man. go watch it yeah woof yeah that is that is a brutal video we do endorse going to the McDonald's drive-thru at 3am yeah with just, your sober friend driving yeah, you yeah or yeah or just taking an Uber maybe or you know something yeah. just, probably not going there yourself probably shouldn't do that yourself <laughs> it's, <tough> to say. <laughs> it's a lot to consider that's for sure um so like I said, I took Buffalo. I'm going to round out my conference here with the Mountain West. Uh, okay. I'm going to take Wyoming. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like you're pretty high on Wyoming. Yeah, so. I touched on this earlier. They do return all 11 defensive starters. And this, um, is, this is a good defense. This is a good defense. It's a really program. good defense, yeah. yeah. And especially if you're in a scenario where uh, maybe Hank Bachmeyer's banged up again for Boise State or something like that. I mean, yeah. that offense can be inconsistent. They have a new OC. They want to push the pace. I mean... If you want to push the pace with the defense that stops you, you're yeah. just going to give the ball back to them more. Yeah, and I think that, that Craig Bull and his Wyoming program at large is one of those where the 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 way that he's building the program makes sense for the actual school yeah. itself, right? Like, Wyoming is one of those places that should have a really good defense because mm-hmm. it's like... Um, it's like an like an NFC North team, right? Like a Just non-Vikings the, NFC North yeah, team. You're supposed to have, yeah. You should have a good defense, right? right? Because it's really fucking cold. and It's gonna be hard to play there. Yeah, yeah. Run the ball, have good defense. That's the yeah, whole thing. I, I think it makes sense to do that there. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, like, I didn't really look at their schedule too much. I just know that. I mean, besides Boise State, the Mountain West pretty much sucks this year. I mean, San yeah. Jose State's still there, and we'll yeah. see. I think we, we, a, we like Brent Brennan. It's just it's hard to do that several twice. years in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, San Diego State is just okay. They do bring back a lot, though. If I believe it correctly. That's um, yeah. But I mean, either way, I mean, look, it, look, this West, the Mountain West, West comes down to. Boise State versus Wyoming. That's yeah. going to be the conference. Uh, I mean, that team will win the conference title too, whichever wins that game. Yep. So that's my that's my thought process. That's my team. So uh, just to clarify here, Pat, you have one pick left. I have wrapped up. I have Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Buffalo, and Wyoming. Yeah. So I could go one of two ways here because I, I took an independent team. So I, t- I could technically take a, a CUSA team or an mm-hmm. American team here um, if we're trying to do one from each conference, which well, generally, to, generally I, I was trying to uh, yeah. trying to do that because getting a champion is very valuable. Right. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a CUSA team. UAB would be the only one that I'm thinking of. And yeah. I just, they're going to go nine and three. Right. And that's, that's nice, I guess, but I don't think it's super beneficial to, I, I want something with a little bit higher of a ceiling. And in the American, I think there are three schools, maybe four, that kind of fit the billing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the four obvious ones. I, if yeah. I, I could go Navy, right? Because Navy's going to win eight games. Right. But it's... it's not going to win the conference. I, I need something with some boom here. So it's going to be either Houston, UCF, or SMU. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking at this, I, I think the thing that it comes down to for me is program stability and specifically coaching right coaching stability which coaching staff do I trust the most it's not Houston certainly not Houston it's not Houston at all I don't think I trust Houston to make a bowl game I can't believe Dana has not gotten a DUI yet allegedly damn I've just allegedly heard a lot of stories of what Dana allegedly does after yeah, games he's, and he's cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's he what you've very, heard you've heard that Dana's cool cool guy yeah um, so that leaves me to either UCF or SMU and if I'm being honest, I don't see the quarterback on this UCF team that fits that offense. I, I feel bad for Dylan Gabriel, who's a very good player, yeah, but Gus he can't he can't run <laughs> at least not to that extent. Right. I think Gus at UCF is. I think it's going to win some games. I don't know if it'll last, but I do think he can win there. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be this year. Um, so I'm going to go with the the least experienced, the the least returning production of the bunch, but the coach that I like the most. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with SMU. I, I like big Sonny. Preston Stone guy, big Preston Stone guy, big Sonny Dykes guy. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. I, I trust Sonny Dykes more than most G5 coaches. I think he's really really good at this. Yeah. And that team just spits out receivers too. They're and just, running backs. A guy there every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There there will be a really good receiver and a really good running back. Yeah. And. I think the line is still going to be good. Defense is what it is. <laughs> yeah, SMU, I mean, you, you're not one of this conference on defense. Yeah, they've gotten pretty good at playing air raid defense, which right. is to say, you know, mid seventies to mid eighties forces some turnovers. Are they in the same division as that or the opposite one? Let me look. I don't um, know. I can't say that I know these divisions very well. Yeah. Um, I do like how they've been this program a lot though, man. I mean, they are really like just, I mean, that Dallas area recruiting has just been taking off of that. Yeah. I mean, Stone is a is a coup for that program. Yeah, I mean that's your that's your quarterback for three years. Yeah, at, at least. Yeah, yeah, at a minimum, that's yeah. a, that's a three year starter. I think he does get the job this year. Uh, you know, Shane sure, Shane yeah. Bouchelle is is gone. I think. Yeah. Um, all right, the AAC divisions. Um, looking for one without UConn because <laughs> UConn is no longer in the AAC. Look up last year's standings. Okay. Um, one second. Sorry, this is not. Not amazing audio here, but let's go. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Um, not the 2018 standings. Oh my God, the AAC website is Let's really. Let's go and meet yeah. the Mets. Come out and meet. Okay, the Mets. I got it. Nope, 2020 doesn't have divisions. God damn it, Ryan! Just, I, <laughs> uh, Unbelievable. What are some songs I haven't okay. sang in the podcast? Here we go. Okay. I think this is right. So East is uh-huh. Cincinnati, UCF, Temple, USF, East Carolina, and it had UConn. It doesn't anymore. West is Memphis, Navy, SMU, Tulane, Houston, and Tulsa. I think SMU wins that division. Yeah, that, I mean, that seems likely to me. Yeah, so I, I uh, yeah, I, I like SMU here. I don't like SMU as like a, a New Year's Six contender, right? I, mm-hmm. It's just freshman quarterback. It's going to be tricky to do that. Yeah. But I do like the um, the the boom potential here. Cool. Um, so that is your draft there. Yeah. Uh, just to recap, Patrick has Louisiana, Boise State, Kent State, Liberty, and SMU. Mm-hmm. Um. Five very similar programs culturally. Right, right. A lot right. of people are saying that. We're going to keep track of these schools. We're going to do a, a podcast to revisit this uh, this time next year, maybe. Yeah. Once we've gotten our $124 million deal from Spotify. Um, yeah, we'll do, it, we'll do it with special guest <laughs> former President Barack Obama. <laughs> and, yeah, him and Bruce Springsteen are going to go on the pod to kind of talk about yeah, what and, they and, think and, about college football. Yeah, yeah, and Bill Simmons somehow, yeah, right. for, for whatever reason. Yeah. The thing... <laughs> I'm not flipping the field. Yeah. Look, it just it just is, okay? It yeah. just it it's it just is. <laughs> a true a truly sad week for America plus the G five redraftables. <laughs> oh my god. Um oh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna keep score on this. Uh we keep scoring everything we do. Yep. Um then just real quick here, a couple of the top teams I guess missed and make our cut. Um Ball State, we talked about briefly. Mm-hmm. Um they are fifth in the OFI. Um, they have 16 super seniors coming back. I think they might win the MAC, and like the MAC is a tough division to, or tough conference to predict. Rather, yeah. um, Toledo has almost their entire two deep back. Um, they lost uh, so many close games. I think they were just like I, I don't trust Jason Candle. Yeah, at this point, I, mean, I don't think he can win close games. That's the, my fear with him. There is some luck involved, though, in that. I mean, yeah. they were six points away from perfect. There's record. there's some luck, but also he's done this for several years now where they have the luck has gone the wrong way. And at some point you have to sort of wonder why that's happening to him so consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seems like every single year they're the team that loses all of the close games. Right. Right. Um, you've app state, uh, yeah. which is just, we know all know app just state, a really solid reliable program. program. Yeah. yeah. Just, I think they are for now, uh, they don't have quite the same talent as their two top teams in the coastal do, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, in, in the, uh, Sunbelt do. Yeah. Um, with, with coastal and Louisiana, it's going right. to be, it's going to be hard to not have two losses essentially. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. And they have that, uh, non-con game against Marshall. Yeah. Which is um, not great. Right. <laughs> uh, UCF, we mentioned they do have Dylan Gabriel. Their schedule is brutal. Yeah, they also, they have Dylan Gabriel for now. I, I don't. Yeah. Gus yeah. Malzahn's. We'll see. Going to ruin him, yeah, I think. we'll see. I mean, just a few highlights on schedule there for UCF. They have Boise at home. They go at Louisville, at Navy, at Cincy, versus Memphis, at SMU. Good Lord. I mean, that's Man. four losses under the road. Yeah, that's tough. You have to win all of your home games. Man, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is not that's not favorable. Uh, Memphis, uh, like we said, we're not big Silverfield guys. Not yet. They he gotta, can he can sway me. I, it's, it's very early. Brady White is gone or back? Mm, I think he's back. Okay. Yeah. If he's back, that helps. Yeah. But they still, they play Mississippi State. They go at Tulsa, at UCF, versus SMU, at Houston. Yeah. Um, they, they are fourth in OFI. They need their, their defense to 
force more turnovers. And they need another skill player. Last season. Yeah. They need to yeah. find another, which they seem to every year. So yeah. if they find I've, that guy, then I, they're going to win they'll eight have, games. They'll have a five foot eight running back that, that has 2,000 yards. Right. But, and another 800 receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he'll average 19 yards a touch. Yeah. And they'll still go eight and four. Somehow. Right. And that's going to be this. <laughs> right. We just know what the year is. Right. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, Pat? Any stuff you want to go over? Or um, kinda... I have a couple more team yeah. shout-outs. San Jose State, we've mentioned. Of course, yeah. Less for, for I think they're going to be awesome this year. I don't. I think it's really hard to do that two years in a row yeah. in a place like that. But Nick Starkle is back, though, yeah. Nick Starkle is back, and Brent Brennan's really good at his job. Yeah. He is he is a really good program builder. I'm, I'm impressed with him. I'm surprised he didn't get a better job this offseason. Mm-hmm. Arizona would have made a lot of sense. Uh, but Just the worst fucking... Most idiotic program in G five. A lot of, lot of lot of good coaches that would have happily taken that taken that job. I hate Arizona. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, San Diego State is always solid. Kind of not high enough ceiling, I think, to merit taking, but mm-hmm. they'll be good. Um, Ohio, you mentioned, is going to be weird this year. They're weird every year. Frank Solich is going to make them a bowl team at least. Yeah. Um, and then the service academies, Navy and Army, I think are both going to be pretty good. Uh, I guess Air Force is one of those two, but I'm not. I'm not especially interested. Yeah, in I, I'm a little. And I mean, Army. Army did make Chris Vanini's uh, G five top ten this mm-hmm. season, which is a little surprising. Army to me. should be good. I, I like yeah. I like a lot of the stuff that they do there. Um, the running back whose name has completely escaped me, Tyrell Tyrell Robinson, okay. is really really good. He didn't get to uh, to show it a ton last yeah. year, but he runs like a three nine. <laughs> it yeah. looks like I hate service guy football, dude. I'm sorry, they just oh, piss me off. Man. I just can't stand the cut blocking. It just it's it's a uh... yeah. I don't know. I, I do not find them enjoyable to watch. I appreciate what they're doing and what they got to do to kind of win there, but uh, See, it's, as, it's a no thanks for as me. As someone that is openly biased against defenses, then I, I don't really, I don't really mind the cut blocking. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to see yards. I like points. I'm an offense guy. Um, yeah, I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's it. This should be fun to keep track of and. Uh, yeah, like you said, next year we'll have Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama and right. Senator Bernie Sanders on Whoa, to, uh, to to do our draft and featuring special guests, yeah. Pharrell. Yeah, the American people are tired of Houston. <laughs> <laughs> we need a conference that works for all of its members. <laughs> I am tired. Oh my god! A Willie Fritz underachieving at Tulane. <laughs> we are oh, going to man. nationalize the Green Wave. Right, yeah. I'm okay. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. It's, it's it's uh he's just just talking up UConn football for sixty minutes somehow. Yeah. I was like, all right, man. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> thank you. Harvard won national championships. What have happened to Ivy League schools? I would like to talk to him about the uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. I think that would be a fun conversation. Anyway, thank you so much for checking out. Um, I don't know <laughs> this episode of Flipping the Field. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, I guess. yeah. This yeah. was it's good vibes. This it's is just a, guys being dudes. This, this was a chill episode. Yeah, we we'll have these sometimes. The top, really. Yeah, it's all good. Um, this is a college football podcast about all of college football and also about other things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, all um, kinds of stuff. Yeah, if you enjoy the show, if you like these, you know, a uh, little bit less uh, less structured episodes, these are fun. We like to do these sometimes. We'll get back to the uh, the meticulously planned stuff soon. I believe that Ryan has been working on an expansion episode for approximately six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Next week or the week after, we are going to unveil our conference expansion episode. Yeah. We're going to tell you guys about the dynamics of conference expansion, uh, what to expect in the next few years as this kind of moves forward. Yeah. Um, 
I'm excited about this. I don't know if it's next week or the week after, yeah. but I'm really excited. Ryan about it. has driven himself absolutely insane doing the research for this stuff. It's true. He is he is grinding his ass on this. Going sicko mode. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, you're going sicko mode. Um, if you enjoy the show, if you're looking forward to that expansion episode, if you liked this one, be sure to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a question that you want us to get to on a future Q and A show, we're going to try and do those every month and a half or so. You mm-hmm. can send those via DM to the show Twitter account. It's Field Flip on Twitter um, or you can send in a five star review and leave it in the comment section either one works um, yeah, yeah they're both fun uh, we appreciate the five star reviews but they're not terribly necessary I guess no it's, no no it's, no, no, no. it's nice to have okay yeah, legally speaking yeah and you're not giving me a five star review and I find out mm-hmm. it was you who did it yeah we're having words pal yeah okay I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to tell you to say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Ryan, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at B1G underscore Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to post. Yeah. And and he, he can tell you where to find him. You don't have to tell him where to find you. He will track you down. I already know. Yeah. I can see it with my third eye wide open, brother. Yeah. We've got a map of the podcast <laughs> analytics. We know exact addresses. <laughs> oh, man. I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. My writing is at the Outside Zone newsletter on Substack, available three times a week for just $5 a month. Um, I also write for Buckeye Sports Bulletin. I haven't mentioned that yet. It's a <laughs> newspaper. If you like Ohio State Olympic sports, I, I write about those. I'm, I like doing it. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Um, Do we I, have a weightlifting team at Ohio State? Not yet, but you can be the change that you that you want to see in the world. Just, yeah, there's gonna be an episode sooner or later here where I am gonna talk about Lashitagazi on the podcast. Is that the guy that you quote tweeted the video of? I sure was. Yeah. Okay that uh, that video freaked me out. Okay, because his arms looked like they were gonna break in half. We're already talking about. Let's let's just let's go into Lasha real quick before we leave the podcast. Here, <laughs> uh, we're talking about a Georgian weightlifter named Lash Talakatsi, who yeah. uh, Georgia, the country, not the uh, state. Kirby Smart's ears just perked up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is from Tbilisi, not Bainbridge. Hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, that was an inside joke from all geography heads out there. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every week with you, once again proving that you went to college. Just unbelievable. Uh, this is actually a high school competition. If you would like to know, uh, I was the champion of the Eastern Pittsburgh Geography Bowl among the AIM kids. Uh, thank you very much. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he is the current world record and all-time world record holder for... Um, total lifts in Olympic weightlifting event. Uh, weightlifting Olympic weightlifting comes down to snatch and the clean and jerk. Yeah. Um, he has the world record for snatch at 220. The video Patrick's referring to, he snatched 222 kilograms, which is uh, it's good. It's insane. I yeah. mean, like people before him had not put up 210 in years. Yeah. Um, he also has a clean and jerk uh, on competition of 264, which gave him a total of 484 kilograms in an Olympic lift meet. Prior to that. Only two men in lifting history had ever cleared 470 kilograms. Uh-huh. There was a Soviet lifter and an Iranian lifter. Um, There's only a few guys before that that had ever cleared 460. So Lasha came in and at 23 years old, got 470. He got 477 like a year later. Yeah. Then at Worlds in 2019, he put up 484, which smashed the next best record. It was like not even close. Um and he is currently on track on his training. He put up 222 on the, on the snatch and I think 268 on clean and jerk. Yeah. Which would put him at 290. I'm sorry, 490 for his total. 
which is like so much better than any other human being has ever done. It is unfathomable. It is like putting Usain Bolt in 80s track. Mm-hmm. Like it is just crazy. Basically, weightlifting has declined as a sport for most of the last few decades. And he is like just reversed the trend by himself. Yeah. Only one other living man could clear 450. And he's at 490. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. You mentioned Soviet lifter. I just want to say real quick, the Soviet Olympic team's most drip of all time. Those those Gods. those outfits, unbelievable. The Dude. like the hockey team's uniforms, that's the coldest shit I've ever seen. Well, the modern day equivalent of this, the Chinese weightlifting team, they yeah. just rolled up. They basically dominate all of the lower weight classes just completely. Men's and women's just the Chinese own them. Yeah. Uh Lasha is the only one winning who's not Chinese, basically. Um, <laughs> just uh, aesthetics uh, like you've never seen before. So cool. Anyway, let's get out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was probably not necessary. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Ryan, do you want to do this next week? Uh, yeah, man, I'll be back. All right, cool. I'll talk to you then. Bye.